Welcome back to Fanfatals. Take a ride with us on the Hogwarts Express. Walk down Main Street with our best super pals. And defy gravity as we talk about all things fandom. Welcome back to Fanfic House, a member of the Real Fans Podcast Network. I'm Emma. And I'm back! <laughs> Hi everybody, it's Gabby. I am back just for now. Um, I'm still trying to figure out a little bit of how this scheduling thing is going to work for me right now. But for now, we were able to make it work. And I'm here so we could talk about the history of Lucasfilms and George Lucas. I'm so excited that you're back. Me too. Honestly, I've had like the craziest few months. And we haven't really like spoken as much as we used to. I know. I mean, like we text, we text all the time. Like we snap each other every day almost. But like, it's, it's really weird not talking to you every week. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. I'm like, who are you? What's up with your life? Are you back at school? Clearly you're back at school. Yeah. By the way, I'm back at school. Yeah, it's been it's been a crazy few months. Um, if I could just for a few minutes, I'd love to talk about yeah. this show that I'm in. It's a great show. It's called Hands on a Hard Body. It's about um, ten Texans trying to win a Nissan Hard Body truck, and the whole premise is, you know, it's you keep your hand on the truck, and the last person to lift their hand off wins the truck. Um, it's a really great show about you know love and family and understanding who we are and accepting others it's a great great story and it was started here in San Diego at the La Jolla Playhouse went to Broadway and now we're doing it at the Coronado Playhouse so if you live in San Diego at all we're opening actually the weekend that this episode comes out we open that Friday so this Friday September 2nd Come check it out. We're open yes. from September 2nd to September 25th. Um, wow. Yeah, Hands on a Hard Body. It's a great show. It's it's a beautiful story. Um, and I've had such a great time, like, being back in theater for the first time yeah. in, like, three years. It's been a really fun process. So I'm really excited. Yes. And I'm really happy to be back. Oh, my gosh. I, I miss know. doing this so much. I know also, it's been so weird having like just guest after guest. I'm sure. And thank you for like being willing to take that on and do oh, that. Yeah. And of course, also, I want to say thank you to Rickley Pearson again. That was the <laughs> coolest thing. She's this that happened like this week. So like on it Tuesday. happened on Tuesday of this week. Yeah. So she's still like, like, yeah. Um, also. Another exciting thing that has developed over the course of these past few weeks is that oh, yeah. some friends of me and Eva's and mine and or some friends yeah. of ours 
and myself have started a D&D podcast also. I mean, we haven't recorded anything. We're still like figuring out the details, but it's, yes. it's getting there. We're, we're coming up with these episodes. We're going to, we're going to get started here pretty soon. Um, and it's going to be, it's called quest is like the overall name, but for this, uh, campaign, it's a uh, quest galactic descent. Uh, you'll be able to find it everywhere. You can get your podcasts. Um, and then I will keep you guys updated on that as well. So yes. lots of projects. And I'd love to have the two of them on here just to, to kind of talk about the show and everything. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Maybe we could do like a little mini campaign. Well, there's actually three of us who are playing. Yeah. So there's four of us in the show in total. It's um, so our good friend Rowan, who's been on the show before. Um, he's our lovely GM. And then we have our friend Austin, who, who has also has been on the also show. Also been on the show a couple of times. He was in the Family Feud episode. Yeah, he's with Sean and be, Rowan. Yeah, he's going to be playing with us. I'm one of the players. And then my other friend Jason, who actually was on the very like he was on like the fifth episode that one yes. episode where I talked about D and D with Jason and Campbell. Um, he is going to be joining us. That's pretty so sure. Cool. So yeah, it's going to be really sure. fun. So we got three different levels of experience of players, and then we have our GM, and it's all coming together. I'm really excited. So it's going to be a good for time. I'm so excited. Um, so shall we get started with this history? Yeah, let's get into yes. it. These are my favorite episodes. So should I start or do you want to start? You can start with the Independent Era, which ran from 1971 to 2012. Which is a long time. Yes. Well, there's only like two eras from what I could find. And it was like Disney owning Lucasfilm and, and before Lucasfilm. that. Yeah. Okay. So like Emma said, the independent era was from uh, 1971 to 2012. And George, or sorry, Lucasfilms was founded by filmmaker George Lucas in 1971. John Dreiska or, Di oh shit. How am I going to say Dijkstra? this? Um, Dijkstra. Is that how you say it? Maybe. Sure. Uh, brought together a small team of college students, artists, engineers, and set them up in a warehouse in Van Nuys, California. After seeing a map for the location was zoned as light industrial, Lucas named and founded the group Industrial Light and Magic on May 26th of 1975, which became the special visual effects department on Star Wars. Yes, and they're still running to this day. Which is like industrial light and magic. Great. Yeah. Also, um, really quick, I hate the way Van Nuys is spelt. Yeah. Isn't that awful? I'm so glad you read it and not like me, the native Florida resident. Yeah. yeah. No, Van Nuys is spelled the most stupid way. Yes. Just um, in case you don't know, it's a V A N space N U Y S. Van Eyes. Why? Go figure. I don't know. <laughs> Lucasfilm was then incorporated as Lucasfilm LTD on September 12th of 1977. And in the mid-1970s, the company's offices were located in the Universal Studios lot. And George Lucas founded the Star Wars Corporation Incorporated as a subsidiary to control various legal and financial aspects of Star Wars 1977, including copyright and sequel and merchandising rights, 
It also produced the 1978 Star Wars holiday special for 20th Century Fox Television. Yep. So in September of 1978, George Lucas purchased uh, the first parcel, then named Bulltail Ranch, which in subsequent years became Skywalker Ranch. I mean, duh. Um, In uh, 1978, Lucas also hired Los Angeles-based real estate specialist Charles Weber to manage Lucas Films, telling him that he could keep the job as long as he made money. Lucas wanted the focus of the company to be making independent films, but the company gradually became enlarged from five employees to almost a hundred, increasing in middle management and running up costs. Yes. In 1980, after Weber asked Lucas for $50 million to invest in other companies and suggested that they sell Skywalker Ranch to do so, Lucas fired Weber and had to let half of the Los Angeles staff go. By the same year, the corporate subsidiary had been discontinued and its business was absorbed into various divisions of Lucasfilm. Between 1981 and 1989, three Indiana Jones films written by Lucas and directed by Steven Spielberg were released. While Return of the Jedi was in production, Lucas decided not to pursue further Star Wars films. He was uh, unhappy with cinema presentation of Return of the Jedi, so Lucas created the company THX, which was unveiled on on May 20th, 1983. May I just say, okay, I don't know if you remember this, but watching movies that had the THX at the beginning at the movie theater, and that was the loudest sound ever known to men, (laughs) that was like ear shredding sound because it was the first thing you heard. movie I remember it most with. There's so many. Well, I and just, I also remember it more so with DVDs than anything else. A lot on DVDs. Like my Toy Story DVD had it. A lot on DVDs, that. but a lot in the theaters too. Because like you'd sit yeah. down and you're like, the previews just ended and they were kind of quiet. So you're like ready. And it's like, and it's like the loudest sound you've ever yes. heard in your entire life for those like 30 seconds. Um, but anyway, the THX system is a quality assurance system, not a recording technology. And all sound recording formats, whether digital, uh, Dolby Digital, DTS, uh, SDDS, or analog, Dolby Stereo, or Ultra Stereo, can be reproduced in a THX system. So I assume that means that it's just a, like, way. It's it's a a way. It's a method of delivering sound, right? It's like a sound system. It's not a method of recording or processing. Yes. And I figured I would put that THX thing so people knew what it was because I didn't know what it was when I was doing this research. I kind of had an idea, but I thought it was like, you know, like when you're at the movie theater and you get the little ad that's like Dolby Digital Surround Sound. And it's like really creepy because it like moves around the theater and it's like really weird. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Lucasfilm produced the John Cordy directed animated film Twice Upon a Time, 1983. 1985 saw the release of Paul Schrader's Mishima, A Life in Four Chapters. The next year, Jim Henson's Labyrinth and an adaption of Marvel Comics' Howard the Duck were released. Ron Howard directed the fantasy film Willow in 1988, which was written by Lucas. And the same year, the children's animated film The Land Before Time was released. And all of these used Lucasfilm 
technologies or stuff like that. Which makes sense. Yeah. I honestly had no idea that Labyrinth was made in partnership with Lucas Films. I like never would have guessed that. Really? Yeah. I guess so too. I don't know. Um, also the land before time. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, in 1992, after an early computer generated imagery test created by Industrial Light and Magic for Jurassic Park, Lucas announced his intentions to produce a Star Wars prequel trilogy. In 1994, the long-delayed Radio Land Murders, written by Lucas, was released. In 1955, or sorry, 1995, ooh. <laughs> 1995, Lucas began produce, production. Jesus Christ, I can't talk. See, you can tell I'm out of practice. Yeah. Um, in 1995, Lucas began production on the prequel trilogy. The trilogy took 10 years to make, ending with the release of the third prequel, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, in 2005. In addition to the prequels, Lucas released the special editions for the Star Wars original trilogy in 1997, 2004, and 2011 for VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. In 1987, oh, we're jumping back a little bit. So in 1987, the company, which at the time was expanding from three to five films a year on its own, decided to increase making its Northern California production facilities available to other filmmakers. So in 1989, Lucasfilm launched a new subsidiary, Lucasfilm Entertainment Group, later LucasArts Entertainment Company, in order to consolidate all four units, which were, which are, Industrial Light and Magic, Motion Picture Visual Effects Department, Lucasfilm Commercial Productions, Lucasfilm Games, uh, Video Game Licensor Department, and Sprocket Systems, which is otherwise known as Skywalker Sound, which is sound effects, sound editing, sound design, sound mixing, and music recording. Yes. Okay, so now we're jumping back to 2005. Um, In 2005, Lucasfilm opened a new studio in Singapore. That same year, Lucasfilm Animation commenced a production of a 3D animated Star Wars television series called Star Wars The Clone Wars, with key production team members including executive producer Catherine Winder, supervising director Dave Filoni, head of Lucasfilm Animation Singapore Chris Hubsch, and Henry Gilroy. And primary production took place at Lucasfilm Animation's Singapore studio and airing on Cartoon Network between 2008 and 2013, The Clone Wars was well received by fans and was nominated for several film awards, including the Daytime Emmy Awards and the Annie Awards. In January of 2012, Lucas announced his retirement from producing large-scale blockbuster films and instead refocusing his career on smaller, independently budgeted features. In June of 2012, it was announced that Kathleen Kennedy, a long-term collaborator with Steven Spielberg and a producer of the Indiana Jones films, had been appointed as co-chair of Lucasfilms, LTD, and it was reported that Kennedy would be working alongside Lucas who would remain chief executive and serve as co-chairman for at least one year, after which she would succeed him as the company's chairperson, chairperson, Jesus Christ. 
which she did in June of 2013. On July 8th, 2012, Lucasfilm's marketing online and licensing units moved into new Letterman Digital Arts Center located in the Presidio in San Francisco. It shares the complex with Industrial Light Magic. Lucasfilm had planned an expansion at Skywalker Ranch in Marin County, California, but shelved the plan in 2012 due to opposition from neighbors. However, it still plans to expand elsewhere. Skywalker Sound remains the only Lucasfilm division based at Skywalker Ranch. I mean, to be fair, Marin County isn't huge. No? It's pretty small. It's like, it's across the bay from San Francisco, and it it encompasses like a very well, I mean, it's big because it's like a county, but it's not huge. There's not a lot of space. Okay. You know, like, yeah. hard to explain. Or, no, sorry, it's not, it's actually pronounced Marin. Marin? I think. Hold on. Yeah, Marin. Yeah, it is Marin. I've... I, it, I haven't been there in a long time. It's a really beautiful part of, of the country, of California. Yeah. It's I like, was reading it how it looks. That is how it looks. It is spelt Marin, but it's, yeah, it's, it's Marin M-A-R-I-N. County. Yeah. It's a really beautiful part of California, but it's it's like, I understand why people would be like, no, we're not going to let that happen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. On September 5th of 2012, Micheline, I'm going to guess Chu, sure, let's go with that, who served as president and COO of Lucasfilm for two decades, announced that she was retiring. With her departure, senior executives for each of the Lucasfilm divisions would report directly to Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, Chu was credited with keeping the Lucasfilm and Star Wars brands strong, especially through animation spinoffs and licensing initiatives, which brings us to our next phase yes which which is is the subsidiary of the walt disney studios which is 2012 to present so but this one is broken up into like two little categories i will say and i mean we didn't even mention in this first bit when they did the partnership with disney to get star tours put in disneyland and disney world in the 70s yeah because that was not in the Wikipedia article I found of the history of Lucasfilm. Well, it's okay. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's a, it was a cool partnership and they were working together, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. from what I remember, it's like Disney uh, would help them distribute it. I think we've talked about that kind of before. Yeah. That they would help with distribution. Um, so they got to, keep like a chunk a proceed like a percentage yeah and uh yeah and then star tours went in in the uh, i think it was following the first star wars movie or the second one in the 70s yeah the first bullet is about star tours anyway so let me see development um no it was in 1998 is when oh, production started. Okay, later than I thought, actually. Yeah, it says in 1998, Disney began planning to upgrade. Oh, wait, this is upgrade. Oh, yeah, this is the Adventures Continued one, not the, the original OG one. I can't find the original one, but 
yeah it's okay oh so it was made for um empire originally okay so the third one yeah okay which no. makes sense so like early 80s. empire no empire episode five empire strikes back i get the order confused okay <laughs> they all get jumbled in my head and that one came out in 1980 okay so like i said early 80s yeah <clears throat> let me get back to this so the acquisition process um discussions relating to the possibility of the Walt disney company signing a distribution deal with Lucasfilm officially began in May of 2011 after a meeting that George Lucas had with the then Disney CEO, Bob Iger, during the inauguration of Star Wars The Adventure Continued attraction, which was in 1998, yes, for Phantom Menace's Mm -hmm. um, release. Um, Lucas told Iger that he was considering retirement and planned to sell the company as well as the Star Wars and Indiana Jones franchises. I spilled coffee on myself. I saw that out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a moment. Had a moment. Spilling coffee on myself. We're fine. Oh, I got it on my shirt. Oh, well. Um, on October 30th of 2012, Disney announced a deal to acquire Lucasfilm for $4.05 billion with approximately half in cash and half in shares of Disney stock. Lucasfilm had previously collaborated with the company's Walt Disney Imagineering division to create theme park attractions centered on Star Wars and Indiana Jones for various Walt Disney parks and resorts worldwide. Can we talk about how that's like $3 billion like short of um, Pixar? Because Pixar was like seven, seven something, right? Yeah. Well, how? Yeah. And Pixar was in like $19.99. This is in like $2012. So it's. Yeah. It was less. And that was Star Wars. Well, I mean, we did talk about how, how much of a fight there was between uh true pixar and between steve jobs and uh who was it before it was uh, yeah between jobs and no i thought it was uh oh it was uh oh my gosh i can see him i know who he is i can i can like picture him in the imagineering documentaries and like every documentary that i've ever seen i know who it is i cannot think of his name lassiter no, that was the Pixar guy, the, the Disney CEO. Iger. No, the other one. Which other one? The one before him. CEO before Bob Iger. Michael Eisner. Yes. I was like, Michael something. Yeah. Yeah, because so, but Bob Iger led the acquisitions of Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and 21st Century Fox. Yeah, but remember, um, Eisner and Jobs were like arguing back and forth for a long time about the acquisition of Pixar. And then 
when Iger stepped in, he was like, okay, here's the deal. And he like closed it. So he gets credited with it, even though it was Eisner who did all of the negotiating. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. (sighs) Okay. Okay. So Kathleen Kennedy, co-chairman of Lucasfilms, became president of Lucasfilms, reporting to Walt Disney Studios chairman Alan Horn. Additionally, she serves as the brand manager for Star Wars, working directly with Disney's global lines of business to build, further integrate, and maximize the value of this global franchise. Kennedy serves as a producer on new Star Wars feature films with George Lucas, originally announced as serving as a creative consultant. Um, The company also announced the future release of new Star Wars films, starting with Episode 7, The Force Awakens, in 2015. Under the deal, Disney acquired ownership of Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and Lucasfilms operating businesses in live-action film production, consumer products, video games, animation, visual effects, and audio post-production. Disney also acquired Lucasfilms' portfolio of entertainment technologies, and the intent was for Lucasfilm employees to remain in their current locations. Star Wars merchandising would begin under Disney in the fiscal year of 2014, starting with Star Wars Rebels. Certain products would be co-branded with the Disney name akin to what Disney had done with Pixar. On December 4th of 2012, the Disney-Lucasfilm merger was approved by the Federal Trade Commission, or the FTC, allowing the acquisition to be finalized without dealing with antitrust problems. On December 18th of 2012, Lucasfilm LTD converted from a corporation to a limited liability company, changing its name from Lucasfilm LTD LLC in the process. On December 21st, 2012, Disney completed the acquisition and Lucasfilm became a fully owned subsidiary of Disney. 20th Century Fox, the original distributor for the first six Star Wars films, retained the physical and theatrical distribution rights to the original two Star Wars trilogies and permanent full distribution rights for the original 1977 film until May 2020, which was in accordance to the 2012 Lucasfilm acquisition deal. On March 20th of 2019, Disney officially acquired the studio after acquiring its owner, 21st century fox thus combining these rights under its umbrella so this whole like permanent full distribution thing was kind of null and void because disney owned it anyway yeah um so lucasfilm retains the television and digital distribution rights to star wars episodes one through what is that five with exception to episode four six six with exception to episode four yeah, because five is just a V. You're right, you're right. <laughs> um, in December 2013, Walt Disney Studios purchased the distribution and marketing rights to future Indiana Jones films from Paramount Pictures, although the latter studio would retain the distribution rights to the first four films and would receive, quote, financial participation, end quote, from any additional films. Let's get into this Kathleen Kennedy era. Okay. 2012 to present. The shortest era. So in early 2013, Iger confirmed that Lucasfilms planned to have a standalone, to have standalone Star Wars films released during the six-year period the sequel trilogy was released. 
So the first of these released was Rogue One in 2016, and the second was Solo, a Star Wars story, which was released in 2018. In April of 2013, the video game development arm at LucasArts was closed down and most of its staff laid off. LucasArts remained open with a skeleton staff of fewer than 10 employees so it could retain its function as a video game licensor. On May 6th of 2013, Disney announced an executive deal with Electronic Arts, or EA, to produce Star Wars games for the core gaming market for a decade. LucasArts retained the ability to license, and Disney Interactive Studios retained the ability to develop Star Wars games for the casual gaming market. On April 14th of 2014, EA released its first Star Wars game under the Disney brand, and their 10-year contract is set to expire on April 14th of 2024. On January 3rd of 2014, Lucasfilm announced that Dark Horse Comics license for Star Wars comics would end in 2015 and return to fellow Disney subsidiary Marvel Comics. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. Yeah, which, of course, like, what? (laughs) On April 24th of 2014, Lucasfilm announced that the Star Wars Expanded Universe would be rebranded as Legends and no longer be canon and that only Lucas episodic films and the Clone Wars would be considered canon in addition to new works, including the Rebels animated series, which would be overseen by a new story group. And Disney Publishing Worldwide also announced that Del Rey would publish a new line of canon Star Wars books under the Lucasfilm story group being released starting in September on a bi-monthly schedule. On January 16th of 2014, Lucasfilm opened its Sandcrawler building in Fusionopolis View in Singapore as its regional headquarters with all staff moved from the Changji Business Park. The Walt Disney Company, Southeast Asia and ESPN Pacific, Asia Pacific were also moved into this building. Between December 2015 and May 2018, Lucasfilm released four Star Wars cinematic films. Episode 7, seven. The Force Awakens, on December 18th of 2015. Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, on December 10th of 2016. Episode 8, The Last Jedi, December 9th, 2017. And Solo, A Star Wars Story, on May 10th of 2018. While The Force Awakens, Rogue One, and The Last Jedi were both a... Uh, critical box office successes. That's three movies. Yeah. We're all. Yeah, we're all. Wow, Wikipedia. Fact check or uh, grammar check. I don't know. Um, <laughs> while The Force Awakens, Rogue One, and The Last Jedi were all critical and box office successes solo received mixed responses and underperformed at the box office in april 2017 idw publishing acquired a license to produce a range of all ages star wars comics commencing with star wars adventures in mid-september 2018 disney ceo bob Iger stated in an interview with the hollywood reporter that there would be a quote slowdown end quote, in production of Star Wars films following the underperformance of Solo at the box office. In late September of 2018, Kennedy's contract as president was renewed for three additional years and is set, was set to retire on October 30th of 2021. 
In June of 2019, Michelle Ridgewan was named as Senior Vice President of Live Action Development and Production. So on December 20th of 2019, Lucasfilm released its fifth cinematic film, The Rise of Skywalker, which wrapped up the Skywalker saga and received mixed reception from fans and critics. In addition to the cinematic films, Lucasfilm Animation also produced several animated television shows, including Star Wars Rebels, which ran from 2014 to 2018, Star Wars Forces of Destiny, which ran from 2017 to 2018, and Star Wars Resistance, which ran from 2018 to 2020. In October 2018, Lucasfilm commenced work on a live-action streaming series called The Mandalorian, with Jon Favreau, Dave Filoni, Kathleen Kennedy, and Colin Wilson serving as executive producers. And it premiered on the Disney Plus streaming service on November 12th of 2019, and the series has received critical acclaim and was renewed for a second season. And now a third season. Oh, they did? It's official? It's been official. They're, they were filming it while Book of Boba Fett was being filmed. Ah, got it. In late February of 2020, Lucasfilms launched a multimedia publishing project called Star Wars The High Republic, which is set 200 years before the events of The Phantom Menace and features the Jedi at the height of their power. The High Republic involves several authors, including Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, Daniel Jose Older, Kevin Scott and Charles Soule. Claudia um, Gray, fun fact, is one of my favorite Star Wars authors, if not my favorite Star Wars author. There you go. She writes a lot of the like Ahsoka and stuff like that books. Makes sense. So. During Disney Investor Day's conference in December of 2020, Kennedy announced that Lucasfilm would be producing several new films and television shows, including a Rogue Squadron movie directed by Patty Jenkins, an untitled film directed by Taika Waititi, the, the Ahsoka, Rangers of the New Republic, Andor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and the Acolyte live-action Disney Plus streaming service ser- series. series, sorry, Disney Plus streaming series, the animated Star Wars Bad Batch, and anime Star Wars Visions, Disney Plus streaming series. That sentence made That's very a little weird sense sentence. basically they announced a whole bunch of films and television shows yeah in addition lucasfilm announced Plus. yeah 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 in addition lucasfilm announced that it was working on a sequel to the 1988 fantasy film willow an adaption adaptation yeah. of tommy adiyami's young adult novel children of blood and bone In the summer of 2020, Lucasfilm quietly promoted Dave Filoni as executive producer and executive creative director for the studio. Smart move. Yeah. However, his promotion was never announced to the public until Lucasfilm updated its list of executives on its website with the addition of Filoni in May of 2021. In mid-November of 2021, Dark Horse Comics announced that it would be collaborating with Lucasfilms and Disney Publishing Worldwide to publish a new line of all-ages Star Wars comics and graphic novels. Dark Horse had previously held licensing rights for producing Star Wars comics between 1991 and 2015. Yes. And then something I'm very excited about, and you'll see why in like five seconds. Industrial Light and Magic. I see why. Yeah. 
Industrial Light and Magic continues to create new technologies, including a new onset virtual production visual effects technology called Stagecraft, which has been utilized in filming films like The Batman um, 2022, Thor Love and Thunder, and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, and television series like Mandalorian, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and the upcoming Disney Plus original show, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Um, the stagecraft process involves shooting live action actors in sets surrounded by large, very high definition LED video walls. These walls display computer generated backdrops, which were once traditionally composited primarily in post production after shooting with green screens. These facilities are known as, quote, volumes, end quote. When shooting, the production team is able to realign the background instantly based on moving camera positions, and the entire CG background can be manipulated in real time. So, like, they've used this for, like, I know that they're talking about how they're going to use it for, like, beast fights and Percy Jackson, mm -hmm. but, like, some of the outdoor scenes in The Mandalorian and Obi-Wan Kenobi were not filmed outdoors. They were filmed with this technology. Yeah. And it's just insane to think about. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's insane. And I've seen this a stuff. picture of it and it's just screams. Yeah, and it looks, you would never tell. Yeah. So that kind of wraps that up. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in the future. Yeah. Especially because D23 happens in a couple weeks. Yeah, so there's probably going to be a lot of new announcements that you'll see coming up in this fandom news. and Yeah. Or maybe yeah. we'll just do a D23 episode. Yeah, shoot. I mean, there's going to be a ton to talk about. Yeah. So, so shall, shall we get, we get into, into, into fandom news? Shall we get into the four things of news from fandom news? Yeah, let's get into it. So um, Disney has announced that Raya of Raya and the Last Dragon is officially joining the Disney Princess lineup for World Princess Week in 2022, which is August 21st through the 27th. So this week. So yeah, we're a little we late for recording it. this. Yeah, but yes, August 21st through the 27th of this year. Patty Lapone is returning to 54 Below in New York City this December and her one woman show Patty Lapone Songs from a Hat, where audiences will see Patty up close and unscripted as she sings and tells stories from her career based on what she pulls out from like a hat. So it's going to be all these songs and stuff from her career. I don't know how I feel about that. Why? I don't know. It's kind of weird. You see, when I saw it, I thought it was going to be like the finishing a hat and it was just going to be a Sondheim concert and not her just singing stuff from her career. Yeah, that's kind of funky. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Anyway, um, D23 has announced this year's honorees for the Disney Legends program. We have Anthony Anderson, known for his role as Dre da Jackson in the TV comedy Blackish. Kristen Bell, voice uh, actress of Queen Anna from the, or Anna, sorry, from the Frozen franchise. I don't know why I said it that way. Um, Chadwick Boseman, the late actor known for playing T'Challa slash the Black Panther in MCU. Um, how do you say his name? I think it's supposed to, I, I don't know. Rob Robbed, Coltrane? Robbed Coltrane? 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 
who is a Disney Imagineer involved in creating animatronic or sorry attractions like the Runway Railroad and Radiator Springs Racers. Patrick Dempsey, what he played Kenai and Brother Bear. <laughs> That's what I found out too. I found out and I was like, what? Okay, so I love Patrick Dempsey because he played Derek on Grey's Anatomy, and I love Grey's Anatomy very and much. Then he's also Robert in Enchanted. In Enchanted, and he played Kenai and Brother Bear. Now I have to watch that movie again. I'm gonna be like, and Brother Bear too. There was a second one. Yes, it was bad. Really interesting. Okay. Um, Robert Price or Bob Foster, who had a various career with Disney starting in, starting in 1956 and was instrumental in finding land for the top secret Florida projects, which became Walt Disney World. Um, Josh Gad, voice actor behind Olaf in the Frozen franchise and actor behind LeFou in the live action Beauty and the Beast. Jonathan Groff, voice actor of Kristoff in Frozen. And he also appeared in various Disney productions. Don Hahn, oh, duh, animator, assistant director, yeah. and production manager who worked on many Disney movies, including Pete's Dragon, Fox and the Hound, and Beauty and the Beast. Um, Doris Hardin, who is a Disney Imagineer who is instrumental in working on Epcot, Tokyo Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, Animal Kingdom, and the Disney, line, Disney Cruise Line ships. Um, Idina Menzel, voice actress behind Elsa in Frozen, and actress behind Nancy Tremaine in Enchanted. Also, um, did not know that that was her last name. Right? Because that's the stepmother in Cinderella's in, last name. Yeah. She's Lady Tremaine. Yeah. So we'll see what happens in this next film, right? Because she and Edward yeah. jumped into the- I'm very into, curious with that Andalasia. last name. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see what, what happens there. Um, Chris Montan, Walt Disney Company's vice president of music and television in the Disney Re Renaissance- and was named the president of Walt Disney Music in 1999. Ellen Pompeo, best known as Dr. Meredith Gray in Grey's Anatomy, I love her. Um, also, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross, actress, producer, and director who starred in the three series, Blackish, Grownish, and Mixedish. Yes. And on August 17th, um, audiences got a first look of the costumes of Percy Jackson, Annabeth Chase, and Grover Underwood for the upcoming Percy Jackson and the Olympian series coming to Disney Plus. Which kind of looks like an old Navy commercial, not gonna lie, but it's fine. <laughs> I love the idea of the whole show just being a commercial for old Navy. I, I'm gonna find the picture that they like shared because it looks very much like an old Navy commercial. I love that idea. Oh my gosh. My friend Skylar, we were showing her dad that and he was like, he was the first one to like say it. And I was like, you're so right. I just realized this is my last day of rest for the next like 12 days. Jesus. This is like the start of my hell two weeks. It does look like an old Navy commercial <laughs> or like, or like a picture that you'd see on the cover of like a math book or like a science yes. book, like a yes. textbook of a bunch of kids being like, we like school. Yes. That's hilarious. also August 17th is in the canon of Percy Jackson, his birthday, which Aww, is why cute. they released it, the image. But yeah, here's the stagecraft LED 
stage thing. Yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah. But yeah, so they announced it on his birthday. I wish they announced casting because we haven't gotten like any new casting. They're probably not going to say anything about casting until it comes out. Yeah, because the last one, and I didn't even mention it in Phantom News, we got Luke. Oh, who else did we get? We got we got basically the main villains for this sh- series. Okay. Um, Charlie Bushnell as Luke Castellan, son of Hermes. Dior Goodjohn as Clarice LaRue, daughter of Ares. And Olivia Morn as Nancy Boba Fett, who is like Percy's school bully. Hmm. But yeah, we've only gotten one of the gods. Yeah, they're probably not going to say anything about it. They haven't cast them yet. No. No, Walker and um, Aaron, who play um, Percy and Grover, respectively, they were like, they went up to Rick Riordan recently and was like, when are we going to get the gods? (laughs) Like, who's cast as the gods? That was like reported recently by Rick Riordan's wife. And I was like, Y'all haven't casted like any of the gods, or maybe they just haven't said anything to anybody. Maybe they're trying to keep yeah. it super secret. Maybe it's like some big surprise, and they don't want anybody yeah. to know. And it's like a Tom Holland situation where they're not going to tell them anything. Um, <laughs> Emma's like dying to know. I am. I just want Poseidon. Like that's the only one I want. There. Well. It's been really nice being back, but I also have some dogs I got to go take care of and a few things I got to wrap up before my crazy next two weeks of no break. Literally, I have no time off in the next two weeks. (laughs) Well, until like basically the week this comes out, right? The week after that. Okay. So basically the week I need to start finding guests for again. <laughs> anyway. Nah, by then I should be okay. okay. I should be coming back by then, hopefully. We'll see. Okay. I'll, I'll keep you updated. I've got, I got a lot of stuff going on. If you follow me on Instagram, I've been posting on my stories a lot yeah, about it. <laughs> I'm really excited. I just want people to it's come just see like this me show. With Ridley. Yeah, I just want people to come see this show. It's a beautiful show. If you're in anywhere near San Diego if you're in LA if you're in San Diego if you're in I don't even know where else if you're in you know Imperial Valley come come visit it come visit us and come see this beautiful beautiful amazing show we're working so hard on it I stand on the top of a truck seriously I stand on the cab of a truck for like a good 30 seconds it's great um (laughs) it's really fun it's a great show come see it yeah so let's get into this outro oh wow this is the first outro where it's not just me reading the entire thing you're welcome thanks for listening to this week's episode of fanfic house we are proud part of the real fans podcast network that's right and if you want to check out more shows on the network you can find them at rf4rm.com next week gabby will be gone again but i'm sorry having my friend and Peter Pan enthusiast Tyler Moylan on to talk about our favorite adaptations of the Peter Pan tale which is going to be a great episode I can tell you right now oh my god like because he is my Peter and like 
It's yeah. gonna be great. So he and I disagree <laughs> on one Peter Pan adaptation that will be mentioned. Remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to us on YouTube. Please leave us a review and comment down below to let us know what you thought of the show. And remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FanFatalesPod for the latest updates and possibly be featured in a future episode. Now, Emma, where can the people find you on social media? My Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are all at Emma, which is S-N-I-P-P-Y-E-M-M-A. What about you, Gab? I'm at Gabby Gent on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. That's G-A-B-Y-J-E-N-T. Our editing is by the wonderful Carolyn Meyer. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Bye. Bye. The views expressed in this episode do not reflect the random company that they're about.